There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, we made it to Wednesday so far with no other problems, so we certainly are thankful uh, for God's goodness to us as we've been going through podcasts this week on the mercies of God, how we thank God for his tender mercies. I'd like to take time in this podcast today to look again at the tender mercies of God. And to do that, we must look at the book of Psalms, and we look at the 51st chapter of Psalms, and begin reading this psalm. And this is what the Word of God says in Psalm 51, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. That is the introduction to this psalm. That's what the Lord wants us to see about this psalm. It's very clear in this case when David uh, sang this psalm. It's when it was in his heart to sing it. And as when Nathan had come to him, and the Bible said this, after he had gone in to Bathsheba. And so there's something we need to look at here with the Lord's help. The Word of God tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 11 concerning David that after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle. So the first question is, why wasn't David at the battle? But the Bible says that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they destroyed the city of Ammon, besieged Rabbah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. They came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And so we want to see, first of all, David looked. And then the word of God says, David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And David sent messages and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. Many years ago, I heard a dear man of God, and he preached on this, and the three things that he pointed out in this passage, David looked, David lusted, and then David laid with her. That look led to lust, that lust conceived, and he went, and he laid with his neighbor's wife, one of his mighty men, Uriah the Hittite. James said on this wise, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. And that's James 1.13. He said, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. And so the word of God tells us in the book of James, what caused this problem for David? It tells us that he looked. And that look drew him away and enticed him in his own lust, the word of God said. And this wasn't the lust of the woman that enticed him. This wasn't the woman's fault that had enticed him. I realize there's some that would say, oh, Bathsheba shouldn't have been bathing upon the roof, rooftop. 
David's problem was that he looked. And when he looked, he was drawn away with his own lust. He was enticed for this woman. And he, when he sent for her, and as the king, who can reject the king? Who can tell the king no? Who can refuse the king? And she came unto David, and David took her, and he laid with her, and thus committed sin. And the word of God tells us, sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Because of this, uh, the word of God came to David through the prophet Nathan, which is what this psalmist is, the revelation that God has dealt with David over those matters. And so we see that Nathan came to him and told him, thou art the man. And he said that the Lord told him that the sword would not depart from the house of David. David uh, was going to see his sons die. He saw Adonijah die. He saw uh, he saw Absalom die. He saw Amnon die. That sword would not depart from his house. David saw great death in his life. His infant son, the Bathsheba, bore him died. Four of his sons died as a matter of David's sin in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. But yet the word of God came to David. In chapter 12 of 2 Samuel, the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children, and did eat of his own meat, and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock, and of his own herd, to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. But thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave the house of Israel and of Judah, and if that had been too little, I would moreover have given to such, thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of his son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And so two times the word of God came to David here through the prophet Nathan, and said that you despised my commandments. And then the Lord said, Because thou hast despised me. The Lord has taken it personal that David would despise him, that David would consider all that God had given him and it would not be enough, that God would have satisfied his yearning and satisfied his longings and, and God had given him wives and God had given him lands and God had given him wealth and God had given him the throne. And yet David in his lust, David led away in his own lust, led away, despised God, despised the command of God, despised the things of God. One of the great tragedies of the word of God is the sin of David uh, when he went in and took Bathsheba and he laid with her and defiled himself before God, before man. Uriah the Hittite then is 
of course, taken and slain in the hottest part of the battle. Why? He's a man of valor. He's a man of character. He's a man that would not come unto his own wife. He rather slept outside and would not come unto her. And when it's told David, David sent the bloodthirsty Joab to retire him in the hottest part of the battle, tried to hide that sin, tried to cover that sin. But David's the king. Who's going to come to the king and judge him for adultery? Who's going to come to the king and judge him for slaying Uriah the Hittite? Who's going to take the king and hold him guilty uh, before all the nation when he's the king of Israel? He's the leader over Israel. He's the ruler over Israel. Who's going to come and find him guilty? Well, can I say to you, the word of God came and found him guilty. Nathan the prophet said, thou art the man because thou hast despised my commandment, the Lord said. He tells him, the Lord has ought against you. The Lord has brought his word against you. The Lord has judged you, David. And David, understanding, immediately realizes that he sinned against God. He realized it's him. He realized it's him that stood against God. And out of his mouth came this psalm. These words were uttered. For the word of God said, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him, after he had gone into Bathsheba, have mercy upon me, O God. There's David throwing himself at the mercy of Almighty God. There's David throwing himself at the feet of Almighty God and asking the Lord, would you have mercy upon me in all of my sin, in all of my iniquity against you? You loved me with an everlasting love. You cherished me as a nurse cherishes her child. You've drawn me. You've wounded me. You've shown me nothing but kindness and nothing but good things at thy hand. Yet what have I done? I've despised you. I've despised your commandment. I've hardened myself against you. I've let myself be caught away in my own lust because I despise you. And might I say to you, my friend, I don't believe that's changed. People say that's really strong words. That's really harsh words. But I hear about people that fall into sin or people that stumble into sin, people that trip and, and, and accidentally slip off into a, a life of sin. And I have trouble believing that because the word of God came to David and said, thou hast despised me. Thou hast despised my commandment. David had a choice between the command of God. He had hid the word of God in his heart. He had hid it that he might not sin against God. And he put the word of God in his heart. And now David comes to that crossroads of choice, that place of decision. Will I or won't I? Should I or shouldn't I? And he comes to that place. And what does he choose? He doesn't choose the commandment of God. David could have gone out with the kings to the battle, but David had tarried at Jerusalem. The question of the ages that many have asked, why was David tarrying at Jerusalem? Could it be he knew that woman would be upon the housetop? Could it be that woman would be cleansed from her uncleanness and she would go out and bathe herself? Could it be that he's watching for her? Could it be he despised the commandment of God and he loved himself more than he loved God? Could it be that he despised God because his lust meant more to him than godliness? Could it be that the commandments of God had no effect upon him? Why, he's carried away by his own lust, the man after God's own heart, a man that God said was after his own heart, a man that pleased the Lord. In fact, the word of God later on said this is the only thing God ever had against David was in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. And so when David is found guilty before God, when David 
realizes that he's despised God, he's disobeyed God, he throws himself at the mercy of God. And David the psalmist, David the sweet messianic psalmist, who's written about mercy and sang about mercy and spoke of mercy, now himself is in need of mercy. Have mercy upon me, O God. How? According to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And so David again comes seeking mercy from God. I believe David has experience with the mercy of God. I believe he said of the multitude of thy tender mercies. God is not hardened. God is not bitter. God is not like uh, the human mind that becomes so ingrained in self and so absorbed in self and in hurt and those that offend us, we hold it against them, we harden ourselves to them, and then they offend us again, and we harden ourselves again, they offend us again, and we get harder. And harder. No, the mercies of God are a multitude of tender mercies, and we come to him, and he forgives to the uttermost. And sometimes we go back and do the same thing we did the first time, but yet God forgives to the uttermost. That's why he told us to forgive our brothers 70 times 70. That's every two minutes and 46 seconds, if it's 24 hours in a day, that we're to forgive our brother. And what does it mean to forgive? It means not only to forgive, but to forget, to put away from, to, to, to not consider it anymore. I know even having children, there's times you discipline children, and I find myself going to discipline them again for the same thing. And I go back and I remember the discipline that I had before, but God doesn't work that way. God in his tender mercies, that multitude of tender mercies, he forgives as though it's the first time. He forgives as though it was the last time. He forgives because his forgiveness is complete. His forgiveness is absolute. His forgiveness is full. And that's why when we sin, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Why? Because we come to him through the name of Jesus Christ. We come to the Father and we come and we ask forgiveness and he'll forgive and then he'll put that sin aside, never to be remembered again. You and I have that short-term memory. We bring things up. We remember things again. We let things embitter us. We let things harden us. No, but the Lord said here that he was his tender mercies. God is not hardened to man. God does not harden himself against man if they'll come to him and confess their sins. People say, I feel like I weary God coming back time and time again over the same transgression. But can I say to you, if you have found forgiveness from that transgression, I don't know how you can worry a God that's forgot that transgression. He's put it away from him. He's put it out of his mind. He's put it far from him. And I don't know how you can weary him coming time and time and time again. That's the multitude of his tender mercies. God is a merciful God. And he's in that mercy that we see as we've looked at Psalm 6 this week. That mercy is in the person of Jesus Christ. As he obtained mercy of the Father in judgment, so you and I obtain mercy of the Father in judgment. As he obtained mercy of the Father in the wrath of God, so you and I can also obtain mercy from the Father under the wrath of God. That's the example that Jesus Christ has set for us. That's the example of which Psalm 51 continues and speaks of, of the mercies of God. That's why the psalmist continually over and over and over deals with the mercy of God. He deals with the goodness of God. He deals with the forbearance and the long suffering of God. Why? He shows the character of God. He's showing the, the most excellent, most marvelous, most wonderful character of the most high God. 
And one of those great excellencies is in his mercy. And oh, how we thank God this day for his mercy. I want to thank God if I'll come to him seeking forgiveness. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We'll continue tomorrow with the Lord's help in Psalm 51. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Singing the glorious song of the redeemed.